0: We have a recording, I'm gonna close my door. All right. This is a low energy start to the part. <laughs>
1: It's not. It's not. I need okay. access. You got to give me access.
0: Access to what? Oh, to oh, the duck.
1: Give me that sweet, sweet access to the duck.
0: I have to. Oh, it's restricted. Anyone with the link?
1: Don't right, restrict refresh. me, Jamie.
0: Refresh it now. It should give work.
1: me access to the duck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here it is. <laughs> uh, have we begun? Well, I think we've begun.
0: Okay, oh God. <laughs> well, it can only go up from here. <laughs> we
1: can only go up from here. Good morning, Jamie.
0: Good morning. Welcome back, like, everyone. I, I feel like my gain is too high. What is happening? No, you sound fine. You sound okay, fine. Okay, good. Um, yes, it's been a couple of weeks, probably longer. It's been longer. a couple <laughs> of weeks. I, I've been really busy. You've yeah. been busy. Yeah, everyone's. We've
1: both been busy. I went to the capital with Nava. Oh yeah. Talk us talk about that. Love oh my God. That. We could spend an entire episode talking about this. But basically basically all of the AI legislation that's coming that will be coming is being decided upon right now. It's being written right now. Mm. And people don't think about us. Like the voice actors are not automatically something that people are like, oh, we should probably protect those people. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, oh, there are people that make a living with this, um, and so, and then also Tim and I, and 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 also Matthew um, Parham and Sissy Jones and Zeke Alton. Um, we have kind of, I think, become just just by doing a ton of meetings and meeting with CEOs and being a part of the conversation all the time. We've become very knowledgeable about synthetic voice and dig- digital voice stuff. Yeah. And um, so I feel like if if they're gonna talk to anyone about this topic, we have a lot of knowledge to share and we're really good people to, to talk to. Uh, so we wanna be there and uh, they wanna hear from us and they wanna know what we want and they wanna know what we're okay with um, and they wanna know what we're absolutely not okay with. So we went to the Capitol, we had 12 different meetings with uh, different Senate and, and Congress people offices, that's the correct term for it, right? Congress people offices. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can tell you're a professional.
1: <laughs> I'm really good at like Washington stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, we met with <laughs> with representatives and senators and their staff, and literally sat in the room with the people who are the ones that are writing this legislation. And so it was it was incredible. It was really amazing. I. It was. Um, it made me very hopeful. None of them said no. We don't want this. Every single person said yes. We need to do this. Let's let's work on it. We want to talk to you more. So that was really good. But the other side of the coin <laughs> is that all of this is super expensive mm. to fly us out to DC. To um, we hired a we hired a company to help us kind of get into the offices of these people, Um, we uh, have lawyers, we have, you know, all kinds of things happening and it's extremely expensive. And Tim and Matthew and um, I mean, the whole board actually works for free. We have one paid employee because we absolutely needed a paid employee and that's Matthew. But we're all taking our time to work for free and, and we love it and it's necessary and wonderful.
0: Or well, not to mention this is time when you're not working as well.
1: It's time when we're not working. It's time that I'm putting off my clients and like, honestly, shout out to my management team, shout out to my agents. Um, And many, like so much thanks and love goes to my family
0: mm.
1: who, I mean, every time I've said I need to jump into a meeting, they say, don't worry, we got the kids. I need to go to DC, don't worry we got it. You know, we'll take care of them. Yeah. Like, I, you know, Mahalia had an award ceremony that I missed. I felt really bad about, but my mom was like, you know, don't worry. I got it. Like none of this would happen without a whole network of people working together to make sure it does happen. And so with that in mind, <laughs> we are uh, having a gala on the 6th of December, which the in-person gala in LA is completely sold out, but we're also having a virtual gala. And who's hosting the virtual gala, Jamie?
0: (laughs) It is Scott Chambers and myself. Hey.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And we're gonna have an awesome keynote speech by Maria Pendolino. If you've ever been to an evocation Zoom party, you know that it is absolutely so much fun. Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and this—that's what it's going to be like. Except you also get to watch um, the gala at, at at some point in the evening. But the whole first part of it is going to be just exactly like an evocation Zoom party. We have a silent auction with incredible auction items. Uh, Maria Pendolino, who who is the greatest human being on earth, in my opinion.
0: <laughs> yes, agreed.
1: She's also like my best friend. One of them. She's going to give a keynote speech. Uh, There's going to be prizes, contests, all kinds of fun stuff, and you should definitely come to the virtual gala.
0: Yeah. And to get tickets for that, navavoices.org, right? That's the website.
1: Yeah, you can go on the website and and get get tickets there. Or you can follow Nava on Eventbrite, and you'll see our events there.
0: And also, as um, I think there's been a sort of movement happening about this, if you'd like to donate to narva you can go to Narvavoices.org and there's a donate button on the homepage. just click on that and uh, if you'd like to support the work that karen and tim do for free let's remind everyone (laughs) ease that burden a little bit you can by donating and that would be very very helpful and you know a little bit self-serving too if you're a voice actor (laughs) you know helps to advocate for all of us so yeah great use of your money and it's a tax write-off
1: i was in the car with mahalia who's six and she said to me, "Mommy, why do you work so much? Why are you always gone?" And I said to oh, her, "I know." And I said to her, "I'm doing it now so that I have a job."
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So that I have a job next year and the year after, and so that we still have our house, and so we can still go to Disneyland, and so we can, <laughs> so we can yeah. still do all the things that we do because it needs to be done. And she was like,
0: "Okay." <laughs> she's yeah, she's totally fine with it. She's like, all right, fine, that's fine. All right, got it. <laughs> <laughs> Was for dinner. <laughs> all, uh, right, cool. um, all right, cool. So this episode is part two of our questions on etiquette and business practice, and uh, we left last episode on a bit of a cliffhanger.
1: Oh, A cliffhanger. <laughs> that's right.
0: Steve Worsley's cliffhanger. Um, so um, wait, wait,
1: wait, but we have to, we have
0: to. Uh, cue the music. Oh, God, yes. Okay, here we go.
1: Here we go. Cue the music. <clears throat> Lady Karen and Lord Jamie's School of Business Etiquette, Part
0: Deux. <laughs> oh, it's so classy. I can't handle it. <laughs> okay, let's dive in. I All made
1: right. it more classy by adding the French, too. Yeah, Just, yeah. I don't know if
0: you got that. <laughs> oh, I noticed. <laughs> like hot shots. Do you remember that movie? Yeah,
1: because if there's anything that's more if there's anything that's just a little bit more classy than than like British, it's French.
0: Well, <laughs> beyond I <would> that. <laughs> that
1: <but> <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. That's Sorry British people and French people.
0: Okay, Steve Worsley. I'm in Scotland and was narrating a series of books for an author in the States. We became friends through it and thus had a very casual working relationship, despite operating through ACX. Didn't worry about deadlines, etc. Her husband is a sound engineer with his own studio, so I would send them the files first. He would tinker with them, return them, and then upload them all to ACX. I was about a quarter of my way through book five when she asked if I could put a hold on recording for a bit because the audio series wasn't selling as well as she'd hoped. I agreed to do this and checked in with her every few months to see how things were. Over a year later, I checked in again and she said that they were just going to cancel the contract and maybe pick it up again in the future. I said no problem and totted up how much work I'd done so far to bill her for my time and work. At that point, our friendship went immediately out the window as she cited the contract at me, saying that I had not delivered the full product before the deadline, I had breached the contract, and therefore, they owed me nothing. Despite the fact that I only didn't meet the deadline because she asked me to stop, so a perfectly good friendship went out the window just for the sake of a few hundred bucks. Sad, but lesson learned. Business is business, follow contracts to the letter, even with apparent friends. Mm. 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 Friendship and business. <laughs> what would you say?
1: So, it's how do I want to say this? Like, I wonder if any of my clients are listening to this.
0: (laughs) No, I know exactly where you're going with. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Um, I absolutely love the people that I work with. And like some of them, I feel like we have talked to each other literally a few times a week for years. I know their kids. They know my kids. I mean, they know about them. They don't know them personally. Um, we've never met in person. It's always been a, a working relationship. But but we feel close because we have a it's a working relationship. But it's a working relationship. Yeah. They're close colleagues, but if anything were to happen on the business side, the contract supersedes the relationship. The the business deal supersedes the relationship. And that can be frustrating. Um, I've definitely had things like this happen before. Uh, I, w- I actually once did a book where um, I recorded three books for this woman, and we sent them off to be published. And uh, it turned out she did not own the audio rights to the books.
0: Oh, no. She wrote
1: the books, and she had a publisher, but she and she put it up on ACX thinking that she had the rights, but her publisher actually had the rights to the audio version of the book. And they said, even though we really liked the recording and everything... Um, this is not the way that we do it. And so we can't, we can't publish them. Oh, I think she paid me, I think she paid me maybe half, um, mm. for the work, but I mean, things happen. Things happen.
0: Yeah. I think work of it, is not
1: a great place to make friends.
0: No. <laughs> Close friends. It's a different relationship. It can be a friendly relationship, but. I think about my actual real-life friendships, I wouldn't want to get into business or have a business relationship with them knowing that if it went south, it could potentially harm that friendship. I also think there's a power dynamic issue at play when someone is paying you and you're giving them a service. Immediately there's a weird sort of power dynamic there where they have a little bit of control and you're in a little bit of a sort of almost subservient position. It's different than just getting to know someone and just hanging out and liking that person and being around them. (laughs) Yeah, Um, I think it would be silly to think that it's exactly the same. Yeah, in my mind, I very much like you, I try and just keep a friendly and easy breezy relationship with everyone that I work with, even when it gets a bit tense and a bit awkward. Yeah, I would say it's different than a straight up friendship. If you are maintaining communication with them purely on a sort of Gig to gig basis. Yeah, <laughs> that's not your regular friendship, I would say. I mean, no. Far be it for me to judge, but yeah. So it is different. It is different.
1: Yeah, I mean, I even have clients who follow me on Instagram and like. Yeah, they they'll like even send me funny memes from time to time, and you know we we like know or I follow them as well, and we kind of know what's happening in each other's lives, like on the periphery. But, um, you know, if that person were to be fired from their job we would probably still interact and maybe we could have m- more of a friendship, but we met through work. So it's, it's like, it's just kind of a different, it's just a different situation.
0: Yeah, I know. It is. It's just different, isn't it? It's a different dynamic. Yeah. Um, I had a, I've had a client that I've worked with. I, I figured it out. I went back and looked at my invoices for like 13 years and he's now moving to a different part of the company. And We'd be, have a very friendly relationship, but you know, chat and be very cordial with with emails and phone calls and things like that. And it's a little bit sad. He's not, I'm not. I'm not going to communicate with the guy for any other reason. Yeah. Um. Now, all that much, but it's it's just it is different to just like picking up the phone. Or, not that I would ever pick up a phone and t- talk to a friend. <laughs> I don't know. Why. <laughs> I don't do phone calls. Unless In I'm all of our <laughs> years
1: of friendship, I don't think you've ever called me to be like, "Hey, Karen, what's up?"
0: No, it's not going to happen. <laughs> <That's> not... <laughs> Sorry.
1: <laughs> it's really interesting though, Jimmy, because like you and I also have a business relationship. Yeah. Because we we own a conference company together, we run groups together, we have a podcast together. So we have a business relationship, but I almost feel like our relationship is more like we met in college and we're collaborating on the same project yeah.
0: than... Well, I think there's no permodynamic differences. Everything's equal. We're all yeah, on the same level, equal. right? So that's probably a difference. That's a further difference. Yeah, I'm not dynamic. your boss and I didn't hire you. Yes. <laughs> or you're not yeah. my boss and you didn't yeah, hire like me. I you went that way first. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's it's just completely equal, which is more like a friendship, you know? Yeah. And if I don't like something I'll say, and if you don't like something you'll say in, in just a... There's no like, oh am I gonna rock the boat here or
1: Yeah. Or like, you know, are you gonna fire
0: me? <laughs> yeah, I like it when I'm the boss. <laughs> I like that dynamic. Anyway. <laughs> okay. It's good to know. It's
1: good to know just in your life, Jamie. Did we answer any
0: <laughs> any part of that question?
1: Yeah, sure. <laughs> we just had dis- it, it, is question. it is a question. It is a it is a discussion about like being friends with your clients and mm. the contract and you know, in the end, even if it seems like your friends, you have a job to do. They're paying you to do the job, and so you. I mean, it's 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 it sucks that this happened. This is bad. Um, I think in, in all of our careers, we've had situations that, um, that uh turned out like this. I think you know he could he could pursue it if he wanted to, but yeah, I would not I mean, not a few end. hundred bucks. I wouldn't. I, I think probably the legal fees would. Be more than what you would get,
0: oh, absolutely for a few hundred bucks, not worth it, just like let it go, but I just not to elongate this anymore, but how weird is it when you've worked with someone and then you just randomly kind of bump into them outside of work and you're not in that environment anymore, but then yes. you you are still on a level because you maybe it's a peer or something. I always think that's a bit odd. It's a weird thing. We're like, oh, we don't have work to talk about. What are we? Oh, nice shoes. I don't know. Hi.
1: (laughs) So I had this happen just recently because I've been working on this project every single week, at least once a week, sometimes three times a week with the same group of people at Voice Tracks West for the past year and a half. And I was just a game sound con um, and they needed an urgent pickup for this project. And I was like, I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm in L.A. I'm not near my home studio. I live an hour away. You have to wait till I get back. And then I looked it up and I was like, you know what? Voice Tracks West is five miles from me. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, would you, would, do you think I could go into the studio and just like meet with these people and, and, uh. And like record this pickup and they were like yes so i got in my car and i drove over there and i got to meet the people in person who i had been on source connect with i literally never seen their faces yeah, <laughs> yeah. in almost two years talking every single week yeah never seen their faces and it was the strangest feeling <laughs> to put a face to the voice and yeah. to like hug them and be like oh god." <laughs> like, these are people I know.
0: It is bizarre. It is So bizarre. bizarre.
1: It was so bizarre. We took a picture together. It was yeah. great.
0: And that happens more and more now with with the proliferation of Zoom and just everyone remote, working remotely. So this must happen all the time. For sure. Okay. Do you want to read Ashley's yes. question?
1: Ashley McKay Fowler says, Here's a recent experience. What would you do if you booked a job through one of your agents that had a set slash agreed to net to talent rate for this project? And then the client decides last minute to turn it from one spot to three spots for the same rate, but adjusted usage right before the session is about to happen.
0: Well, I mean, this
1: happens all the time. Yeah. Jamie.
0: I mean, the the, the key thing here is the the usage was adjusted the session is a session and usage is usage so if in the session you're doing one spot or you're doing three spots you know it's a spot it's a it's a commercial so i ain't gonna take much more time right just do the extra time if the usage is adjusted to reflect the fact that it's now three rather than one to me i'm like that's fine if it was like an industrial and you had way 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 more copy and it was going to like really elongate the session and especially beyond the time you'd agreed to that's a different kettle of fish but for this that seems fine to me i don't know what do you think
1: so if i were in this situation which has happened to me many times where they're like oh great we want you to do this 30 second commercial and then you get there and then they're like oh we from this 30 second commercial we have Two 15-second cutdowns with different lines in them. You know, so we're just going to have you also record the 15-second cutdowns. And I haven't heard about this at all. Like, this is brand new information to me. I text my agent immediately. In the session, I would not make a big deal about it. I would say something like, oh, yeah, that's fine. Great. Okay, I'll have my agent reach out and we can figure out what the rates are for that. That's it. Do your job, be in the session, do the work, contact your agent, have them work it out after the fact. If you're not working with an agent, and this is a a job that you book directly, um, I would still do pretty much the same thing, except I would say, uh, oh, okay, great. Awesome. So um, it's a 30 second and, and, and two 15 second cut downs. I don't think that was in the original job description, was it? And then they'll be like, oh, yes, it was. Or, oh, no, it wasn't. Um, you can say, okay, well, we can record this now, but let's talk after the session to figure out what the rate is for this.
0: Because, but she said adjusted usage, so they have acknowledged that it's now a different product, essentially, right? Because it's they've paid the session, they've they've agreed to the session fee. Uh, well, I'm just assuming that's the case, actually.
1: Yeah, yeah. So you're so. So then I guess, what the que- what is the question? Is the question, should, be, should you be paid more of a session fee if it's yeah, more Yeah, I spots? think,
0: well, I, I don't know. I think that's what she's saying. Here's a reason. What would you do if you booked a job through one of Has a set agreed to net talent rate for this project? Okay. So a set rate for the project as a whole. Mm-hmm. And the client decides at the last minute to turn it from one to three spots, but for the same rate with adjusted usage.
1: So, like, if it's $1,000, let's say, just for the sake of it, it should probably mm. be $2,500, let's say, but we'll, just for the sake of it, we'll say $1,000, um, and they want it for a year, and then they decide right on the spot, oh, actually, it's not going to be one spot for a year, it's going to be three spots for 13 weeks. That's definitely a phone call to your agent. Yeah. And or, or or a text immediately to your agent or tell them, okay, um, let me let me think about that. We can do the session and then let's talk about the rate after, mm. after the session. Like in my opinion, the most important thing is be be pleasant, be easy to work with, get through the session, give them exactly what they want, and then work out the details um, of how much you're gonna be paid and everything yeah. offline without signing a contract. So they can't use it if you don't sign a contract.
0: Exactly. Yeah. At the end of the day, you know, it's no skin off your nose to to like just record the spots. It's their fault that they did this last minute. So they're the ones going in with a certain amount, a level of risk into the session knowing that, well, let's hope she agrees to this. (laughs) Yeah. Um,
1: And then that also brings me to another point. Often your agent or the client will send you the contract before the session that does not mean that you need to sign the contract and send it back before the session starts. In fact, there are some parts of the contract that you don't have the correct information to even be able to sign that contract. Like for example, it says time in and time out on a union contract. Yeah, You don't know what time they finished with you if you haven't had the session yet.
0: I never signed contracts before a session, I don't know about you.
1: Well, But my agent always sends them to me before the session and that's so that you can look at the contract, highlight anything that looks out of whack, talk to your agent about it, talk to the client about it. Because, you know, it might say something in there like, we we reserve the right to create a digital double of you. And if you see that before your session, then you can refuse to work un- until they take that out. Yeah. Unless you're okay with that, which is also okay. But yeah. Yeah. Don't sign the contract until you are in the session, you've seen the script, you see what you're doing, you understand what they want, you know what time you got there, you know what time you left, when the session is over, if everything looks good, sign the contract immediately, send it back. Um, but that's usually the the flow
0: of things. Yeah. Okay, cool. Great. Um, Kisten Salpini. Oh, yeah, this one. <laughs> that's going to give me a panic attack reading this because it's oh, just no. flashbacks. Should I do it? No, it's all right. Um, For low budget jobs, my revision policy is small revisions included, meaning no full re-records. Recently, I had a client hire me for a video narration, negotiate my quote down a little and told me it had to be three to three and a half minutes long. I did my best to fit the copy into three and a half minutes, although there was a lot of it and it's a serious intense subject, so you don't want to rush. Came in right at three and a half minutes. I got a response telling me now it needed to be 3.15, and I got an annotated version of the script covered in red markings with notes from the editor. Things like, all should be stressed here, not live. Why does the inflection go up here? This line was stronger in the audition. They also said, oh, and can you get this revised version to us ASAP because we're filming tomorrow? It was a Sunday. My take home pay was 185 (laughs) bucks. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh man.
0: Ugh. <laughs> I'm sorry that happened to you. Yeah.
1: Oh God. Okay.
0: So is the low-paid ones.
1: <laughs> I know. This happens. This this definitely happens. Um so ideally my solution to this would be okay, we need to do a directed session and you pay me a session fee. Because it's really hard to get all of these notes um incorporated. And then also that means they have to give up, you know, their time to make sure it's right. So, yeah. um, yeah, that would be my, that would be my, my solution to this. Um, or I would say, Hey, can you jump on the phone with me real quick? And let's talk through this because my email back to them would not be as nice as my phone call. With them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah.
1: I would say something in an email like, Hey, um, So I don't usually do re-records for free, um, and uh, it's a Sunday, and so you're gonna have to pay a rush fee. It depends on how much coffee I've had, to be honest, (laughs) what in what kind of mood I'm in. Um, But yeah, it's it's okay to take days off. You could have, you can also literally email them back and say, "Hey, I'm so sorry, I'm out of the office with my family today. I'll be able to record tomorrow. Do you want to do directed sessions so we make sure I get it right?"
0: Yeah. I think for something like this, I know it's easy to say in hindsight, but if you are agreeing to do something with a certain deadline and that deadline involves you working on a Sunday, I think make it very clear that, look, I'm working on a Sunday for this in a polite professional way. I totally agree. Just get them on the phone and I would word it in such a way that is like, look, to avoid the back and forth and the fact that it's a Sunday, let's just hop on the phone, bash it out like you just said, and just make sure that you're comfortable with everything. I really hate the passive-aggressive question, why does the inflection go up here, question <laughs> mark? Ugh, that's so annoying. <laughs> um, that does sound like everyone's kind of under the cosh a little bit here and just, just sort of stressed and just trying to get it all bashed out. It's always the low-paying jobs, always the low-paying jobs that are the worst for this. So yeah, really, really sucks. That way also you have closure for yourself if you get on the phone. You know, well, they've got everything they want. I've given them coverage and they know the pressures on them if they come back with further requests. And also i mentioned that email, further revisions will incur a fee, you know, to try and dissuade them from being just, you know, really annoying.
1: Agree. Next question. Alana Wiss or Elena. It's a great way of spelling that name. However you say it. I like it um how do you deal with sexist feedback on a session oh man for example being told that just because you're doing something in the lower part of your range or with a little fry um it's too sexy or when you have a client parrot back at you what they heard in a mocking valley girl accent oh my gosh i can't help but wonder if this happens to men um oh man people are mean this is not this is not okay
0: no, uh no
1: okay so uh, first of all um you could ignore it and just do it without vocal fry like in a more presentational way or something i guess this is the reason why people don't like line reads <laughs> because uh, if you if they're like making fun of you or something that that's that's horrible that's horrible yes. um and I highly doubt that that specifically happens to men. I have a feeling that uh, if you are a person of um, another, you know, an, an ethnicity that isn't white Caucasian, that you might be asked to be, I mean, I know this happens like more urban or can you be a little bit more like, can you have more of your, what's the word I'm looking for? I can't even, I can't even think of the words.
0: <laughs> Proper.
1: Proper or more, I you know. used air quotes
0: when I said that. <laughs> yeah
1: but that's not okay. Uh, I would just try and, and do your job or, or I would even maybe make a joking comment like, Oh, well, I wonder if you'd say the same thing to a man. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so that they kind of get the idea like, that's really not okay. Um,
0: and then you're the asshole. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's so impossible to deal with.
1: Like we said in the last episode, often you have to deflect, unless it's really out of hand, and then you got to be, you then you have to be direct and
0: serious. And there can be consequences after the session. Like you could yeah, just sort sure. of, I mean, I'm not just saying put up with it. But if some, you know, if it's a short session, it's easier than <laughs> if it's a long project. But after the session, you can say, look, this guy was inappropriate. And maybe if you have a manager or an agent, they can sort of take that to the company or to the peer, to the um, HR department of that. I don't know. I, I don't know. Is uh, the question? I wonder if this happens to men. Well, it hasn't happened to me. The closest thing is, this is quite funny. It's quite funny whenever this happens. Is if I'm getting a line read from someone. And they start reading the script, and they put on a faux British accent, and then just they just give up three <laughs> words in, and they're like, "Oh God, this is awful." <laughs> it's really funny because they're like, "Is this offensive? Oh my God, what did I? Do? I'm terrible at this." <laughs> oh my God, I can't even imagine. It does. Oh, it happens all the time. They'll just say the oh, word. that's so funny. Yeah, and it happens. That's hilarious. All the time. Oh, <laughs> it's no. really, never offends me. It's not. It's not. They're not trying to be mean or anything. Totally different. That's to really this, funny. But, yeah.
1: Um. But if you want to sound less sexy in quotation marks, uh. So I guess what is sexiness? Like it's a little bit sleepy. It's a little bit like lower in your register, more relaxed, a little bit vocal fry. So do the opposite of that. So if they're saying something is too sexy, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure Elena knows this, but you know, for anyone who doesn't who who is newer to voiceover and wants a quick fix. Just, you know, bring it up, have more energy, think of it as like being a little more happy, just that touch more happy and less um, under-energized and and uh, sleepy sounding, I guess, with less vocal fry.
0: I'm just playing devil's advocate here, I mean, if you got feedback when you were delivering a line and it was, it sounds a little sexy, can we try and do this? Is that fair feedback, just if it was just delivered matter-of-factly like that, rather than um, in a mocking way?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, people have definitely said that to me before, you mm. know, that sounds too sexy, we want it to sound more like a TED talk.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: You know, um, and and those are two very different things, and I have a good idea if they say TED talk, what they're, what they're looking for. And if they say, you know, because I do beauty products often, if they say we need it to sound really sexy. I know what they're I know what they're looking for as well. Hmm. Um but I think it's different when it it the delivery is really important. The way that they the way that they give you that direction was what yeah. I mean by delivery. The way that they deliver their direction is very important. If they're like, "Oh god, it's just like you're just way too sexy." <laughs> <laughs> That's different from, "You know, it's it's a little too sexy. Like is there a way we can just up yeah. the energy?" Just up the energy a little bit if they give you something beyond just you're you're too sexy
0: <laughs> um if it's meant in a critical way, like yeah. I, I mean it is critical if they're like, yeah, it's not quite right, but if it's like there's sort of an eye rolling kind of oh too sexy, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah,
1: but I suppose men could be I feel like everything Matthew McConaughey says is like a little bit too sexy <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because
0: (laughs) trying not to do an impression. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Because even if he's talking about like there wasn't there wasn't there an SNL skit where he was like rolling a booger in his fingers or something? Oh, really? (laughs) And he was talking about rolling a booger. He was doing it it in his Matthew McConaughey voice. (laughs) Which is I mean, he I don't know. It's funny. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's really about how the how the client delivers that phrase to you. delivers that direction to you. And yeah. if they're being a jerk, then you give them back either jerk energy or overly positive, yes, I will do whatever you ask me and don't be a jerk to me
0: energy. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <Yeah>. Dealer's choice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is kind of how you would deal with like if you're a server in a restaurant or something and someone was being obnoxious, you know, you just yeah, sure. go into fully professional mode and no more, no less. <laughs> okay. Ian uh, Ian Russell. I love this Let's question.
1: discuss. Oh, Ian says we can discuss. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead.
0: <laughs> you could discuss late or non-payment. <laughs> oh wow, Jamie, that was. Uh, could you I do it more it. sexy? <laughs> you could discuss late or non-payment. <laughs> <laughs> that, you weren't meant to laugh at that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That was really good. I feel uncomfortable.
0: Except you laughed.
1: <laughs> I know I laughed out of feeling uncomfortable because that was very good. You know, one of the first things that anyone ever said to me about you, Jamie, oh, was dear. I won't even name who it was because I know who it was. I had never met you before, and I was like, oh yeah, Jamie Muffet, blah blah blah. And some and and this this girl was like, oh, he's the one that does the Vo School podcast. Oh, I just love his voice. (laughs) Yes, he has a a very sexy voice. She said. (laughs) Oh, it's true. But she had never met you before.
0: (laughs) To know any different, yeah. (laughs) Oh well, thank you, (laughs) thank you, nameless person.
1: (laughs) All right, you know her. You know her. She knows who I'm. She knows I'm talking about her right now, and she's probably listening to this going. Oh my
0: gosh, I feel really embarrassed. Was it Terry Daniel?
1: <laughs> no, it's not Terry Daniel. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um,
0: all right, so late or non-payment. Yeah, I mean, this is a can of worms. <laughs> uh, obviously, if this is a union, we're talking non-union here, because union protections, blah, blah, blah. Let's just assume non-union.
1: Jamie just blah, blah, blah over union protections. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: that's not what I meant. <laughs> um, because the union looks after looks after a lot of this stuff yeah, so you know you are protected so we stuff. don't in many ways we don't have to deal with all that stuff in the union world but yes. yeah in the non-union yes. space um late payment is just i mean defined late <laughs> you can have terms as to when you want to be paid but really it's in the lap of the gods when you will actually be paid and you know there are, particularly when you know you're just responsible for collecting the money Just so many times, you know, your invoice could just be have gone through the system and just sit on someone's desk, metaphorically or literally, for months and it's just they've just got to get around to picking that piece of paper up and
1: processing the the thing.
0: Um, Putting it in the lap of the gods. Right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So obviously it gets ridiculous when it's when it's like a year plus. you know. I have to be honest, I am dreadful at chasing up late payments. I Everything that isn't through the union that is non-union uh, contracted. I have an invoicing software. I use FreshBooks. I'm actually going to change over to QuickBooks because it's better, I think. And it obviously keeps track of all the invoices that I've sent and when I sent them and when they were due and all this kind of stuff. And every now and again, I'll just go, okay, I just really need to go through the three month plus folder of, mm-hmm. of invoices and just, you know, I'll be I'll be honest, sometimes I, a payment has come in and I missed it and I just haven't registered it. For some reason, it didn't get registered. And so I'm never quick to assume I haven't been paid. So then it's just a sort of case of digging, you know, looking through PayPal, looking through my bank statements and stuff. And it's a pain in the ass if you're not really on the ball. And then if I don't find it, then I'll shoot them a, you know, sort of polite, short email saying, sorry, just following up on this invoice. I don't have a record of payment. Could you look into this for me? Thanks very much. Super, super quick, super easy. Non-payment, that has happened to me a couple of times, but they were all in a country far, far away. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And there was sort of no chance of me getting that. I just gave up on it and it wasn't for tons of money. So I'm like sucks but i'm not going to waste my time thinking about it and unfortunately that's that's the reality sometimes it happens that's not to say you just give up if someone decides not to pay but in certain situations are you really going to chase someone down you know seven thousand miles away you know when you have no connections to that country i don't know it's there's there's a lot of nuance to it, it really it depends on the project depends where it originates depends on your relationship to them has the company gone out of business and everyone's just Effed off, you know. Yeah. Um. I don't know. What do you What do you think?
1: Uh. Yeah. So. It, so first of all, let's just say what is common. It is very common for a company to have a fifteen day, thirty day, sixty day, or ninety day remittance policy. Meaning, you send them your invoice, they process it, and they send it out fifteen days later, thirty days later, sixty days later, or ninety days later. Ninety days is so stupidly long and it, it makes it drives me crazy. But that is standard in some companies. So if you haven't been paid for three months, for some companies, that's standard. Um, and you should if you feel like they're not paying you um, in a reasonable amount of time, I would say 30 days is pretty standard, the most standard. When I look at my invoicing software, because uh, I also use I also use an invoicing software. I use Wave Apps, that was recommended to me by the amazing Maria Pendolino, and I was just using paper and like sending PDFs, uh, which was a bad, bad, not good. Wave Apps is way better. But when I look at my invoicing uh, software. Uh, and all the records, it says that my average time to be paid is 60 days, but that includes all of the invoices that are like 150 days overdue, which are they really overdue or have I just missed it, like you said, and not registered it in the system? So there's that. Uh, I have been not paid before, and the worst situation happened when I hired three of my friends to work on an e-learning job that we all did together. And then this guy didn't, didn't pay us. He did not pay us. Um, it was like between the four of us, it was like $3,000. But the thing is, and I hired them and they did the work because of me, which made me feel horrible. Um, we contacted Rob Siglum Puglia to send a letter to this guy. Uh, We tried to find his company. We tried to contact the other people at his company to get him to pay. We tried to contact like everyone we possibly could and we have not been able to be paid. But here's the thing, the amount of money that it would take to take him, to find him and take him to court and pay all the legal fees and everything would exceed the amount of money that we're owed. And so it makes it really tricky Like, do I want to go after this person so he doesn't do this again to other people? Yes. But do I want to spend my time and energy and money to get that done and then not get the money that I'm potentially owed? That's a lot. That's a, that's a lot. And we already sent him a letter. Even just to send a letter was like, you know, a few hundred dollars. I've spent more time chasing up the payment than I did. I've spent probably exponentially more time chasing up the payment than it took to do the job. So, and now it's been a couple of years. So, I mean, I don't I don't really know what to do beyond that. It's it's
0: awful. I'd be more inclined to do that if that was in this country because if you win and it's a pretty open and closed case, right? The <laughs> he agreed to do this thing, you provided the service, he didn't pay. They mm-hmm. would then have to pay the legal fees, your legal fees. And the amount and then possibly compensation. So it might well be worth doing that. Yeah. But also the time and energy and thought that you put into all that is you know, even then is that still worth it? Like it's it's difficult. It really is difficult, isn't it? You have to weigh that up, I guess. You have to weigh it. Yeah. How long does it take you to uh to send a reminder? If you oh one been paid? second. No, no, I mean like how long do you leave it? Sorry.
1: Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> well, the good thing is if you use Wave Apps, the reason why I said one second is that I can just literally click a button that says remind and then yeah. I send a little email saying, hey, just checking in on this. I, I don't think I've received payment yet. And it sends it from Wave Apps and it's really easy. Um I typically give it 30 days. Um, after 30 days, if I look and I see that it's an invoice that I haven't been paid yet, maybe, maybe 60 days, it just depends on when I'm looking through and doing all my invoicing. Um, but as I'm doing all my invoicing, I look and see what's, what's late. And then I just send little reminder buttons. But I also, you know, I do a lot of jobs with my agents. I do a lot of jobs with my managers. I do jobs on my own. I do jobs where I've been paid, uh, you know, a retainer to do a few, you know, as many videos as they want for, you know, 6 months or something and it's never a ton, there's always a maximum set, but they can have up to that maximum for one fee. So my invoicing is all over the place and very different. Um if it's through an agent or a manager, I don't have to send an invoice, they send an invoice. So keeping track of all my jobs and how each one has been paid and who gets commission on what and um, whether it's gone through they can pay with a credit card on Wave Apps or whether it's a direct deposit in my bank account or whether it's a check in the mail or whether they paid me on PayPal or Venmo or all these different ways to be paid is really complicated. And um, and yeah, so I, I don't know, 60 days, 30 days.
0: How do you keep track of your 1099 work and your sort of W2 work? Um, because I, I don't do
1: any W2 work.
0: Oh yeah, because you're a yeah, you're a company. Right. So but for me, I have a master spreadsheet, which is broken up into the twelve months of the year. And every gig I do, I put on that spreadsheet, even though I've got fresh books, because all of the ten ninety-nine work I you know, even for podcasting production, all that kind of stuff, goes through my fresh books and all the other, you know, non agent manager work goes through that too. Um, but I also have a master spreadsheet with every single thing that I Every single bit of work, so that I can keep track of every single thing that I've done, because I have to say, even even working with agents and managers, sometimes sometimes gigs kind of go missing. Yeah. <laughs> like I, ha- I have to chase them up sometimes. Um, just human error. like it's just yeah. we're all human, so it just happens sometimes. so it, even if you do something through an agent or a manager, still keep track of what you've done for sure and just make sure you've definitely been paid. Because I've, I've looked through, gone back through earlier in the year, I'm like, oh, I did that thing for so-and-so through my agent, and I still haven't got a check for that, and I called them up or sent them an email, and they're like, oh, yeah, let me chase that up for you. So it's important to keep track of every single thing that you do, whether you are invoicing for it or not.
1: Yeah. I, um, I used to do that. This is going to sound, I don't know. I do, on average, one to five sessions a day. And... It's all various things like this is a pickup session, this is this is a brand new commercial job, this is a, a, a narration job, this is a job for an IVR system. All of them are paid differently and I don't keep track of every single job that I record every single day. All of the jobs that I book on my own, I have a master spreadsheet that includes every single thing and all the checks that have come into my bank account for the things that are booked through my agents and managers, I really rely heavily on them to take care of that. And that's actually part of what's great about having a management team, because they really do a lot of handholding for me (laughs) and helping with my schedule and making sure that invoices are followed up on. And even if I have things that I've booked on my own that I need that I need someone to, to help me through, I can give it to them and they, and they take care of it for me. Mm. So that's really the benefit for me of having a, a, a very involved manager, um, involved, you know, as much as I want them to be, not more than I, than I want them to be. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's complicated. Yeah. It's complicated.
0: (laughs) Just goes to show that, you know, everyone's system is different. Everyone's brain works differently and how it make sense to you to keep track of everything or not. <laughs> it's
1: fine. But I would like to assert here very emphatically that my way is not a good way to do things. <laughs> you should not... Follow my way to do things. Well, Jamie's system is much better. Like, <laughs> let's just say that right now, that my friends, <laughs> Maria and Joey and Alyssa, if you're listening, they are so frustrated with me all the time. <laughs> when I'm like, I don't know how to do this, and they're like, we've been telling you this for four years.
0: Can I just shout out Joey Shalio's uh, incredible? work tracking spreadsheet that she shared with us at one of the evocations a few years ago. It is insanely awesome. Yes. I don't use it because it's just too advanced for my brain, <laughs> but it keeps track of usage lengths. Uh, you know, it's it's a bit like a CRM really just, but in a in a spreadsheet and it's got all these like formulas and various other connections to other cells. Oh, it's just so cool, uh, but it's Joey's just too much really for my the brain. Coolest.
1: I I have to say too, I was just at Mabo last weekend and Maria and, uh, and Alyssa flew into the DC area from where they live and we all met there and I hugged these ladies and I, I just burst into tears. Like I just, I love them so much. And we laughed until we cried. We (sighs) laughed so hard that we could not stop laughing and Maria, like, was in hysterics like literally like <laughs> the definition of hysterics she like entered another dimension it was, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> it was amazing <laughs> and it's so important to have friends like that and it just yeah. like recharged my soul and i was so happy so i love
0: them Shout yeah i out. love them too they're awesome
1: oh my god we have so many more questions jamie right. what are we doing uh
0: bonnie's next bokovic I feel
1: can, like uh, I haven't talked to you in two weeks, and this is, and so we're just like Jamie. Uh, we're just catching let's, up. Let's just catching up.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, we got to do questions too. <laughs> <laughs> we're so many questions. Um, all right, let's just do the first of Bonnie's, and then we can go on to Deirdre and Virginia. After okay. That. All right. Um, so examples might include having a client who does not verbally let you know if they're happy and only has critiques. They forget that we're basically naked, vocally and personally. In that I know mood. people who do
1: their vo naked. Really, I do. I know people who do that. I don't because I have small children. Right. We're gonna walk into the booth and be like, "Um, mommy."
0: My window for my door is right next to my external window, so I think that would be a great idea. Anyway, we let's could pick call that.
1: you the Vo Flasher. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: Only when uh, you're using your sexy voice, right?
0: <laughs> TMI. TMI. Come on. TMI. Um, Okay, so, so we're in a dark room by ourselves and to not have a director <laughs> or client... Stop it! Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and to not have a director or client who knows how to direct you with proper etiquette, including taking the time to say that was great, followed by any notes, that can mean so much and the absence of that can leave us feeling so down. Remember to encourage your actors and if it's not going well, always say that was great or good before moving on instead of being negative the whole time.
1: You go, Jamie. Um.
0: Yes, that would be great. <laughs> that would, yeah, I mean, it's a mixed bag. I would say, I say it's a mixed bag, but heavily skewed to the most people are great. Um, sometimes you do get a shitty director, you know, I mean, that, that is just unfortunate, but it's true. Um, there are people, particularly in the business genres, that often don't do this kind of work. This is a very this is exceptional in their week, month, year. They don't do this very often, so they're not used to that process of directing a talent. I think Bonnie's coming from it from a perspective of more maybe the character genres, so maybe dubbing, animation, video games, and things like that, where these are this is what they do day in day out, and there is very little excuse to be a bad director in that world because that is their job. Then they're, they're meant to, especially if you're you know you're bleeding your heart out on the mic and you know really. Going that extra mile, it can be helpful and just a nice little pat on the back every now and again is is a good reward for, for doing that, on top of your financial reward. Um, I would say for self-protection, maybe lower your expectations of how good a director could be, uh, just because it then, you don't rely on them to give you necessarily positive affirmation that you're doing the right thing. Just um, what happens, unfortunately, people... Maybe just through not thinking, or they can't put themselves in your position. They're just, you know, you're just a service and this is just a product.
1: Well, and some people are just negative. They're just negative people in their real lives. They don't know, like maybe they, I don't know, they're just not loving, warm and empathetic.
0: You know, I I distinctly remember early on in my career doing an in-studio session one time, and I delivered the lines and I could see through the glass into the control room and they were all in there, looking very serious and stern and I was like, oh God do they really hate what I've done like um, I was I was really getting in my own head and then the engineer just came and said sorry sorry Jamie um we're just ordering lunch uh, can just give us five minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's all they were mm-hmm. doing they were really struggling to figure out what they were gonna have for lunch so yeah. yeah I it's really easy to get into your own head I think try and try not to overthink it really I guess is is one of the things i would yeah. say and develop your own confidence.
1: Yeah, that's what i was going to say. You have to just you have to just be secure in your in your abilities and trust yourself. That's that's the number one thing. Mm. Trust yourself, do what they ask and know that, you know, maybe you'll be fired. Like that can happen. That's yeah. happened to me. I've been replaced on things, you know, um mm-hmm. and not necessarily cuz but I, I've always known it's not because I'm a bad actor and I'm not good at what I do. It's because when they heard my voice in the in the project, they realized, oh, actually, we want a man mm. <laughs> or or actually, you know, we want someone that has more grit. She sounds too polished. And 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 that's who I am. And and I have to just accept that and don't let it don't let it affect you personally. I'm sure you're great. Um, Bonnie's other question is about, um, how do you deal with a client that, that doesn't let you take breaks, especially in a vocally stressful session, you have to advocate for yourself. Mm. You have to advocate for yourself and you have to say, you know what, I just need five minutes. Um, or actually, can we, can we move this to another session? Can we do the vocally stressful parts at the end of the session? Cause I'm starting to get tired and I don't, it's not going to be a good product if I'm tired. So I'm sorry. If they don't understand, they suck. You don't want to work with them anyway.
0: <laughs> and yeah, like you said, they want a good product. So, you know, you're advocating for the, for the effectiveness of the session, not just your own welfare. You know, you want it yeah. to be, you know, yeah, absolutely.
1: All right. Deirdre. Deidre says, just sent a potential client industry rates for paid ad placement. Crickets. That happens. Yeah. <laughs> but honestly, you don't want to work with them. You don't want to force someone into paying you more than they think that that voiceover is worth. That's not going to be a good client, and you're going to be in the situation like um, Kirsten was, uh, where you get paid $185 and you do 17 revisions. You know, just let those people go. Let them go. Let them go.
0: (laughs) Yeah, don't have anything to add. Don't worry. That was perfect.
1: Just let them go. Okay, Virginia says. I'd like to hear your thoughts on the balance between requesting referrals or business-related info from friends and peers and not asking too much or stepping on toes. Oh, this is a bad question to ask me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I absolutely hate asking friends for things. I would rather just put my store out there in the world. I do voiceover. Um, you can contact me if you want. Uh, let me do auditions. I'm I'm terrible at direct marketing. I I think it it comes from a lot of different things, but I think the um the whole MLM movement really soured me to people reaching out and asking for business. Yeah. Uh, Multi level marketing. If you don't know what an MLM is, um, things like Avon or Beachbody or Rodan and Fields or things like that, where your friends are literally like, hey, I haven't talked to you since high school. Do you know about Rodan and Fields? <laughs> you know, and I'm like, I I thought that you were contacting me because you had genuinely missed me. And now you're doing it because you want to sell me something. It's so awful. It just makes me feel gross and used and I hate it. So I would never contact a friend and say, I do voiceover if you know anyone uh, please put them in touch with me. I would just put it out there all the time that I do voiceover, and if they want to contact me, then they can contact me. But that's not that's not the end all be all way of doing things. And a lot of people have a lot of success doing direct marketing, and they can have all of those clients. I'm too scared. <laughs>
0: Well, and the other the other part of it was business related info. You give out tons of business related info to people that ask you for it. You know, that's fine, you know, but if you're asking someone to refer business to them, that's a bit of a different question. Also, sometimes I know you probably get this too. I get a lot of people asking me to introduce them to my agents <laughs> and managers, and that's I got to be honest, it's really awkward because really if I'm I'm going to do that for the five people that week that have done that, and I'm going to send an email to my agent say, hey, me again, here's another person to join the roster. I wouldn't do that to my agent. You know, They've got enough people reaching out to them already. I know referrals are a great way to get into an agency, but it's just awkward if you're a talent and you're just constantly hitting up your reps for that. Every now and again, I'll have someone reach out, and I'm like, no, actually, you've got a really interesting, different quality. There's something about you that I think would be a real good addition to this roster but it's really the exception to the rule i didn't get into my agents from from doing that
1: yeah oftentimes it's
0: coaches and um demo producers that make those referrals not necessarily other talent
1: i think you need to put out there that you're looking for an agent if you see someone who's on a roster that you want to be on contact them and say hey you know if you're friends not if you don't know them but (laughs) say like hey um I would, I, I, I think your agency is really cool and I want to know what your experience is with them. Yeah. I'm thinking of reaching out to them. Then that person can say, oh my God, I love my agent. That's great. I can send them an email saying that you're going to reach out to them without necessarily saying I refer, I'm referring this person to you. Or they might say, oh my gosh, Jamie, you are so talented. And I, you know, I bet my agency doesn't have a lot of British people. Let me also, I'll totally send an email. Or I might say, oh, I love working with them, Jamie. They're great.
0: Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah.
1: And it puts the ball in my court instead of you saying, Karin, will you please make a referral for me? And then putting me in the awkward position of saying, "Uh, actually, I don't, I don't want to do that.
0: Yeah. I don't, is this a Britishism, horses for courses? Have you ever heard that expression? Yeah. I've never Um, heard that expression. Okay. (laughs) I kind of figured. uh, horses
1: uh, for courses? Yeah.
0: That, uh, what it, does that even mean? Oh my god. Well let me get an official explanation of horses for courses. If I teach you about voiceover,
1: you're gonna give me a horse? Because if that's the deal, <laughs> uh, <laughs> then I take it.
0: <laughs> the phrase horses for courses alludes to the fact that a racehorse performs best on a race course to which it is specifically suited. So, yeah, it's like really situation dependent on one place.
1: It's situation dependent. Yeah. I thought you were going to give me a horse for Christmas, which <laughs> I would accept.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, some people are cool with referrals and um, we're all in this together. Let's kind of figure it all out together. But then the problem is when, when it starts to get en masse and you start to have lots of people asking for the same thing and then it gets a bit awkward. Um, Callie. Oh, this is a long one. Um, I had a client who complained that my mic on the audition didn't sound produced enough, but his client had chosen my voice. I believe his words were, can you just record on a good mic that is more (laughs) mastered-like? Okay. And send Um, a sample of a different audition he liked that was booming man's voice.
1: Okay, so I'm going to cut this question short and just say that you have... I don't know what Callie's setup sounds like, so it's really hard to make the determination about this, but, but a great thing to do if someone is talking about the quality of your studio is to reach out to engineers who know what a good studio sounds like and know, you know, uh, what you can do to make your studio sound as professional as possible. I've never had a note like that. Um, so to me, (laughs) yeah, well, this is probably just a weird client. So yeah, that there's probably two, two reasons why this client said this to you. One they are weird and don't know what they're talking about. Two, there might be something wrong with your studio. And if it is option number two, then then I would say uh, contact a studio pro who will give you an evaluation of what your studio sounds like and how you might be able to fix it.
0: I think I know what happened here. So I'm not going to read the whole comment here because it's quite long but essentially she records on a slightly obscure mic an akg p420 which i'm not actually familiar with myself which she loves the sound of her voice on and she sends it in and people love it she also has a 416 and the engineer was requesting a, a more professional quote unquote mic in that instance he i mean he clearly doesn't know what he wants because he said more mastered like (laughs) so he doesn't know what he's talking about clearly but i have a sense that he probably is used to the 416 sound he probably Mm -hmm. deals with that on the regular and anything that doesn't sound like that doesn't sound professional Mm -hmm. so whether you think that 416 is better or worse than your regular mic i would have just immediately switched the 416 sent him that and it would have probably made him happy yeah Um, what she actually did was EQ it a whole bunch of different ways maybe because she didn't want to re-record it but honestly the first time I saw that comment I would have been like oh just stick the 416 up record it on that and send that in and whether you agree with it or not I think that probably would have done the trick I don't know for sure but um yeah that would be my my take on that.
1: You know what's interesting is when I was traveling I I forgot my headphones and so I had to buy like some kind of cheap I mean they were They were like uh, $60 at the airport, which means they're probably like $20 regular headphones (laughs) um, just so that I could hear my stuff back. And it all sounded awful. Everything I recorded sounded absolutely awful. And I was like, what the heck is happening? My setup never sounds this bad. And so just to compare, I listened to some things that I recorded in my studio and it sounded exactly the same level of awful. (laughs) Headphones can make such a difference. And yeah. if you're used to hearing certain sounds and certain frequencies in one set of headphones and you switch out your headphones and you listen to it, you can just think, oh my God, everything's changed. What happened? But really, it's just you changed your headphones.
0: There's a set of headphones that everyone loves in this industry. I'm not going to call them out, but... You can uh, call
1: them out. Is it the... is it The, the DT, um,
0: something, the bi- biodynamic ones. Yeah, the DT. Ones? I hate those bi-
1: dynamic ones, too. Awful. They sound so boxy I and horrible. I think they sound horrible. Yeah. I everyone don't like loves them. them. Yeah. And they hurt my head too. Yeah, they're too.
0: uncomfortable. But everybody
1: loves them. Yeah. I
0: know. I don't. And they don't
1: again. fold up so you can't travel yeah. with them easily. <laughs> yeah. Two stars for me. Maybe three.
0: <laughs> All right. Let's wrap it up. We've got one Last
1: more. Last one. Okay. Rachel, I was booked on a pay-to-play site, uh, one that everyone loves to hate, where reviews really matter. Uh, The job was voiceover narration on a video where they had used an AI guide vocal. It was super urgent that they wanted me to match the timing for the AI. I tried really hard to deliver what they needed against my better judgment. They didn't ask for revisions, but just gave a terrible review score saying it sounded like AI. It totally tanked the algorithm on the site and affected the work I receive on the platform negatively. Lesson learned. Always stand by the best version of the voiceover you can do. Trust your expertise. On this particular site, this might require you to do a few versions that you're not being paid for in order to avoid being accused of being an AI voice. Oh, man. Yeah, that sucks. So I have a feeling that they were just, they just wanted you to match the speed of the AI But not, and you know, often you're being asked, often we are asked to match timing to a scratch track that exists. Here's what I do (laughs) I play the video and record myself reading the script over the video scratch track. So I'm literally matching exactly what it's saying. It doesn't matter if I mess it up at all. I'm just I'm just going through it exactly as timed, reading the script. Then I have a track as a guide in my recording software. Below that, I open up a new track and turn the original of me reading over the the scratch down, 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 very far so that it doesn't affect my performance too much, but it's in my headphones. And then I record it again, timed exactly to my voice um, that I recorded over the video. And then what's great is you can stop and start. And it's exactly timed to uh, the video scratch. And you don't have that weird AI voice or a, a different scratch voice in your head. It's your own voice. So it's much easier to record over yourself than it is to record over some kind of weird robot. Then I uh, I punch and roll all the way through until I get to the end of that. And then I record another take doing the same thing with my scratch as the guide me recording over, and then I do it probably three times, and I send it. And I try to make each time that I do it slightly different with the inflection, slightly more human and less robotic. So then you have kind of three layers of timing of the original scratch, me recording, time to the original scratch, and then the recording that I'm going to send. Mm. Um, and that seems to work really well. It's very efficient for me, and gets done quick and quick and professional.
0: Yeah, I do. I do a similar thing. But I just don't record a scratch of my own voice. I just have the, I just press play, have it record a sentence, and then I read it back. Yeah. Immediately into my door, and then chop out the spaces later. And I can switch off the performance of the AI in my brain, and I'm just listening for pace. That's all I'm listening for. Like how fast does it say it? And then um, I'll just give my line. It will say the line, and then I record my line. Then I play the line. I record the line. Play the line. Record the line. And. Um, then I just, like I say, chop out the gaps later. And what's good is I can actually, oftentimes, if I have my headphones turned up, I can even hear the original spilling out of my headphones into the microphone between the times I take. So I've got a little reference even when I edit it later. But yeah, um, everyone does it a bit differently. Um, yeah, I would say I remember when I did a lot of work on one of the sites that shall not be named. <laughs> uh, I was obsessed with keeping my score and ranking high, obsessed. So I would go above and beyond. I just did not want a negative review because I'm like, yeah, this mm-hmm. is going to tank my... Because we <laughs> we did a casting recently, you mm-hmm. and I, and there were a couple of people, or one person in particular, quite high profile, <laughs> who had a couple of negative reviews. And I really zeroed in on those and we were like, oh, wow, okay. Yeah,
1: everyone has five stars, but this person has four stars or three and a half stars.
0: I know, Why? weird. So then yeah. you go in and look at the, the comments and then it really plants a seed of doubt. It's like when you're looking for a restaurant or something and then you'll see, oh yeah, there was a fly in my dinner. <laughs> Maybe not that one, <laughs> you know. So yeah, I mean, you gotta be careful when you're relying on one site to get a lot of your work, you know, one little thing like that. I think you can contest them I think if it's really unfair or it was, you know, I think you can get them taken down if they're not right. Uh, I think it depends on the, which site it is and, and how they work. But there's that. But yeah, it's difficult. Okay, we did it. We made we got it. to the end. I can't wait to see what this AI summary is going to say. Oh my <laughs> Lord. discussion. But yeah.
1: um, We have uh, some announcements to make this week about Vocation Costa Rica.
0: Yeah. Should we announce it now? Oh yeah, why not? Let's just do it now.
1: Okay. Well, as as has been announced on social media, Vince and Kelly Labica are expecting a baby in early April, and so they are no longer coming to Vocation Costa Rica. Which is the best reason not to come to Vocation Costa yeah. Rica because they're having a <laughs> baby. It's great. So we have two replacements that are some of the best women in the industry. I am so, so excited that they are coming. Um, And I guess I'll just tell you who they are. We have former now Disney casting director um, who has just opened up her own casting company and coaching company, Kristen Paiva. She is amazing and awesome. And she will be in Vocation Co- at Vocation Costa Rica to talk to you about all things animation and casting and uh, things from the business side of that part of the industry. And then the woman who literally wrote the book on the business of video games, Julia Bianco Sheffling, is coming. Casting director, coach, amazing per- human being. We absolutely love her and she will be there as well. And we are so, so, so excited. There are only 10 rooms left. Fewer so than that, I think, you, actually, Karen. Maybe less than that now. So if you want to come to Vocation Costa Rica, get your ticket and your room now because it's November. The conference isn't till April, but we have a feeling it'll sell out uh, soon in the next few weeks. Yeah. So definitely come. Vocationconference.com.
0: Love that. Well... That's it! That's it. Yeah, uh, We did it, and it's only like, what, an hour and a bit later, so we we made it that's happen. Fine. We made it. We made it. And we... <laughs> We have had a busy couple of weeks, but hopefully we're gonna make these a little more regular. I know we always say that. I know. <laughs> but we'll we'll be doing I it. I
1: really wanna do one on in show narration, Jamie. Can we do that? Yeah.
0: We both do a ton of it. So we should yeah. we should do that. So we'll do we'll Let's make that the next that. one. Yeah. Okay, great. All right. Thanks everyone. See you next time. Bye.